Hello and welcome to Extra Voices, the Extra Life podcast focusing on the efforts of extra lifers around the nation and the staff of the Children's Miracle Network that does the work to help change kids' health. And today I am happy to kick the interview series back off. It's enough of replay time. I am joined by Max, who uh, I love his handle. Happy Maxidents is perfect. Uh, but he I, he expressed interest. I kind of put out a call to the Extra Life Discord, which you should join if you are not in there by now. Uh, but enough of me, Matt. Yappy. Max, thank you for joining. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, it's awesome. I can't wait. I'm happy to talk Extra Life. And uh, you have been doing Extra Life even longer than I have. This is now your ninth year of fundraising with Extra Life. So, you know, kind of take me back to nine plus years ago. Uh, How did you hear about Extra Life and and how did you get started in this? Yeah, of course. So I genuinely love sharing my journey into Extra Life. Um, I have been doing this for nine years, but I first found out about it in 2013, 2014. So a decade ago now. Um, But in 2013, uh, a day after I turned 16, I was diagnosed with Burkitt's lymphoma. Um, That is a pretty aggressive and rare form of cancer. It affects 400 kids in the entire country per year. Um, And because of how aggressive the treatment plan is, I spent six months inpatient in a row in 2013. Um, And on top of, I think we have this kind of vision of what it's like to be a patient uh, in a hospital, to be a pediatric cancer patient. Um, And a lot of times we envision those really big moments, the chemo treatments, the the life or death scenarios, the the MRIs, all of that. Um, There's so much small stuff that gets picked up on over those six months. There's so much that happens, so much that you as a patient or you as a family member might see and might watch. And that stuff really is what can stick with you in memory all those years later. Um, Like I think about my mom, uh, you know, like so focused on being at my bedside and uh, spending all day at the hospital that, you know, she would forget to eat. Um, But then volunteers and patient staff would come in with meal vouchers and offer her just like, Oh, whatever you want. It's free on the house. Like go grab something. Um, my parents lived over an hour away from the hospital that I went to. And, you know, like the concept of how do we afford the gas to get there to visit our, my, our kid like every day or every week um, really added up. And the hospital would come in and support them by offering gas vouchers, by paying for the gas to literally see me and be present there. Um, those are the kind of things, those small things that kind of often are so easy to forget about. It's really what, uh, stuck with me a lot in my journey through Burkitt's lymphoma and in May of 2013. So a little under six months after I was diagnosed, I entered remission. Um, And kind of immediately after that, I knew I wanted to give back and it was just a matter of finding out how I could and what I could do. I started speaking at uh, mini-thon events, which is kind of like the Pennsylvania version of dance marathons. Um, But it wasn't until early 2014 that I found Extra Life. And that's when I discovered that our Extra Life program uh, at Children's Miracle Network, uh, Hershey, a lot of the money, a lot of the funds go to all of those small things. 
Um, they go into the patient assistance fund, which literally supports meals for families. It supports like gas vouchers and gas tickets. It supports music therapy, all the pieces that kind of surrounded my patient care experience, all the pieces that I was like, wow, this is making, you know, my family has so much distress about, but at the very least, they don't have to worry about what they're going to eat or how they're going to get here. All of that was funded through Extra Life and through Children's Miracle Network. And that was kind of the moment that I was like, oh my gosh, I like this is, I love gaming. It, it's what I used so much in my six months in patient because you get kind of bored when you're there that long so it's like i can do that i can play games i can be with my friends and i can support literally the way that my family got taken care of i can give back in the same way that my family was given so in 2014 with some friends in high school i did my first extra life and the rest really is history (laughs) that's amazing uh with the story and and i'm glad you hit on all those little things because you know while you were talking two things struck me the first was when i I got a chance to visit uh, the hospital that I supported because I I do it in honor of uh, a young boy who passed from cancer at only two. But I got to see the hospital he was cared for. And what struck me is like, yeah, this there's hospital, there's care here, but it is very much trying to not be a hospital, if that makes sense to folks listening. And and you kind of hit the reasons why it's, you know, there's other things going on that affect the family. And it's not just, you know the the care and of course i work specifically my hospital allows me to uh funnel the donations to cancer research but that was by Mm -hmm. my choice but what a lot of people may not know about extra life is that in general it is a a fund that goes to whatever the hospital needs and this is the reason why it's not like it's some charity that's like oh we're going to be secret and not take it no every dollar goes to something very important and it is things you don't think about. It's, you know, being able to do art supplies, gaming supplies, gas vouchers, meal vouchers. All that stuff costs money, right? Uh, unfortunately, we know all too well in this country that healthcare is not even remotely close to free or affordable most of the times. And we're not thinking about all the additional stuff that goes along with it. So that is absolutely incredible. And I swear, every time I talk with an extra lifer, there's always something very specific that resonates, whether they knew somebody that received care or they were somebody that received care. There's always something that connects extra life back to that. So that's really, really awesome to hear that story. Um, but you know, not only are you, you, you mentioned that you do this with your friends, right? So, uh, as I was, you know, doing some prep for the interview and I was looking through your extra life page, I saw that, uh, while you may not have started with this group, uh, you have now for the fourth year in a row, uh, working with a group called the golden gamers alumni team. Uh, so kind of talk about that, you know, what gave you that idea? You know, were you, is it something you always wanted to do when you started, you know, kind of give me the, uh, concept of that journey. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so in 2016, my first year of college, I fell into a really amazing group of, you might've just heard my cat literally skate by. (laughs) (laughs) You can edit that out in post. That's all good. Um, but in 2016, uh, it was my first year of college, and I just I found like a really great, amazing group of friends, and um, told them about Extra Life, and they were all for it. They were like, "Let's do this!" And so we made a team of about 10, 12 people that would eventually become the Golden Gamers. So in that first year, we raised just under a thousand dollars, and we were like so excited about that. We were like, "Yes!" Like we like first years in college, we managed to do something. <laughs> um, but 
by 2018, we became an official student organization that had about 30 consistent teammates, members. Um, and we finally started like renting space on campus and doing all that. And we raised like just shy of 6,000 that year. And that was when the name Golden Gamers came out. And that was literally just like we were workshopping a lot, figuring out what to call it. But I went to Westchester University and the mascot is the Golden Ram. And so it just seemed like golden really really easy color to play with feels all light and bright and you mix that with the simple term gamer and so that's a born uh the golden gamers but um our senior year then we had a huge push to like get other campus organizations involved and kind of all in the spirit of extra life and we had 50 teammates that year um and raised 10,000 from that and since then, since 20, graduating in 2019, we've had uh, an alumni team that's seen just a lot of success. Um, I think there's something really special about when you are a, uh, you know, college kid strapped for cash and you work so hard fundraising and then suddenly you graduate and, you know, all of your peer community is like getting full time jobs. And suddenly it's like, wait, we actually have money to also donate to this. <laughs> like, that's so amazing. And so I think that like the mission just stuck with a lot of our team so much that our alumni team just last year had over 40 people still retained uh, and we raised there's like 19,200 we were so shy of 20,000 but we're going we're aiming for it this year <laughs> no and that's awesome i know uh while i haven't gotten them to to be extra lifers themselves i think my biggest donors are my you know friends from college too uh and, and yeah that is it's like hey we do have money that we can send stuff to a good cause and a lot of us now have are married and have kids and you know we've we've been lucky to not have any of our kids go through something traumatic like uh you know cancer but uh knowing that we know too many other families that have had that experience so it's always means a lot to us and you know you mentioned that you know you raised nearly twenty thousand dollars last year i'm seeing here that Overall, though, you've raised over $55,000, uh, the Golden Gamers have. Yeah, we've, uh, we've, we've been really fortunate with uh, just how consistently we've, we've fundraised. And we had uh, actually, well, since we've become alumni, we then had a collegiate branch of the team still continue. We had a high school team that sadly ended when COVID happened. Um, but oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's hard to keep up with those high schoolers when that happened. But it's just one of those things that like through those multiple fronts of fundraising, we've, we've managed to just like really see a lot of positive growth. And I really like what you mentioned about your college friends, like when you're having, getting married and having kids, because, you know, I'm, I'm 26 now. And I started when, you know, soon after I got out of my personal treatment and for me and my friends, it started out as something that was like, Oh, you know, Max had cancer. Uh, and this is how we're going to give back. But as the years have gone on, it's really grown away from that. And I still, of course, I have a personal mission that I want to give back the same amount that I and my family was given um, in my lifetime uh, for care. But it's just so amazing that as we continue going, we keep finding new reasons and new ways that like this matters so much. And like now we're at the point where, you know, my first friends in college just got married and it's just like, oh, like we're, we're entering that time now where we're going to see like in our own kids, like the mission on top of our personal experiences. Like we've gone from the kids that are fundraising for the people like us to being the adults that are fundraising for the kids that we were, you know, and it's just like really, really amazing to watch that grow. You know, it's, the, it stays the same thing and it's the same cause even as we change. Yeah, I, I think that's really cool. It almost must feel like coming full circle a little bit, uh, being on the other side of it. 
but you know, when you, you know, that's a, a good thing to bring up is that now, you know, obviously you have people that, uh, your friends that you started this with, the personal connection with you. Uh, so how do you feel those conversations have changed? What do you, what do you use now? Like kind of in your recruiting pitches to get people involved with extra life? Obviously I'm sure your personal story helps, but you know, kind of tell me how that's evolved. What do you, what do you tell people? Cause I know in general, a lot of people that are trying to figure out how to do extra life, solicit donations, try to get people to join their teams. What, what would your advice be as far as how has it evolved for you and what have you found success with? Yeah, so this is when I'm going to open up with the the fact that I actually am now working as a program director for Extra Life at Penn State oh, wow. Hospital. You hid that one for me. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like it would come up naturally. <laughs> but yeah, I, I started, uh, actually, it will be a year ago in a week. Um, and I'm working at the same hospital that I was uh, cared for at. And um, it's just been like a really amazing experience, but it's totally changed how I have personally advertised extra life. Of course. I mean, when you have that kind of like professional background lens of it, um, but while it's changed kind of the content, I think the, the, how you do it is always going to remain the same. You know, it's, it's always connecting it to something personal. It's always bringing the mission first. Um, a lot of times when I advertise extra life, you know, the gaming aspect is, of course, extremely important. It's central and core to Extra Life. But I often like to say that whether you are doing a run, you're doing a walk, you're doing a dance, you're playing games, it's always the verb that gets you to take care of the kids, right? Um, I think it's just, it's a very funny thing that uh, most fundraisers are verb times uh, a stupid amount of time equals funds for kids. <laughs> Whether you're dancing for 24 hours or playing games for 48, it's always verb and time. Um, but really, like, biased answer here, but the best thing that an extra lifer can do is get in touch with their hospital program director. We're always, always, always waiting for extra lifers to reach out and to say, like, what what can I tell folks about, you know, how this helps people? And we're always ready to just throw numbers specific statistics and of course you know stories of the kids that are affected and see that so my uh pitch has changed from that sort of personal survivorship story into something broader into something that can introduce other aspects so i really like to focus on music therapy i like to focus on hydrotherapy which is a program that cmn supports we have a miracle kid ganon who is just like He's the brightest star. He's just like so fun to talk to. And, and he received hydrotherapy. And it's just like a really amazing thing to hone in on and focus on. And if you can tie a name to it, you can tie a cause. Like you said, if you can say like every single one of your dollars is going to this exact thing, it helps so much advertise that. Because I think there is generally um, a stigma against a lot of charities that like we don't see where the money goes. And that's, I think, a huge difference between a lot of how nonprofits operate their transparency and how CMN and Extra Life, literally every dollar you can track. Uh, I'm interested to hear about the the hydrotherapy thing. It's the first <laughs> I've heard of it. And I know there's all kinds of unique therapies that, you know, thankfully uh, the Children's Miracle Network, I mean, they're, they're research and, and cutting edge folks. If you're not aware, they're they're willing to experiment on on things that you may not have heard before. So, so what, how does Ganon and how does hydrotherapy, you know, it, it get involved there? I'm very interested to hear about this. Yeah. So hydrotherapy is from a layman's term, I would say kind of a 
a unique route to take physical therapy. So a lot of times, if you're experiencing muscular dystrophy or uh, something to the degree to the degree where you like need to practice walking, but like actually walking on land just feels a little too much, you can bring it into the water and have like a physical therapist or even someone who's like trained specifically in hydrotherapy. You do the same motions of walking, but because of literally just like how water you know relieves that sort of tension, you can like literally learn how to walk and how to move again but in a you know bubble that feels a lot more like you can have much greater movement and not have to worry about the shock on your legs so it's like literally practicing walking inside of the water before you walk on land (laughs) and and that's incredible i'm a huge sports fan and that stuff you see like you know these these college programs that had millions upon millions of dollars to find the latest and greatest thing to rehab and multi-million dollar athletes so that is really awesome that it's getting that same concept is like, yeah, if we can do this with everybody. But again, that stuff costs money, folks. That's why the money isn't important. And it's really cool to to hear stories like that. And and I, I love also how I think even my pitch has changed for extra life where you're talking about it's like a verb and doing something. Uh, it's part of the reason why I was like, hey, a podcast series sounds like a great thing, not just, you know, to help promote what I do, but also other extra lifers as well. Uh, I've always said, you know, because my streams aren't exactly I, I enjoy doing them. My friends have fun watching them when they're able to drop in. But I don't have time like a regular streamer to to be on constantly. And the 24 hours gets harder and harder every year now that I'm almost freaking 40. I can't believe that. Um, you know, now I feel like I'm talking to, to a completely different generation right now, uh, which is really cool. Uh, and and I do find even at Extra Life United, when I was there last year, they were saying, hey, it's, you know, play means so many different things. So I think it's really cool to keep seeing that message go out that it's, doing something and devoting time to it whatever it may be uh so that's a really important thing and and speaking of i think you you have like uh you know when you say a verb and doing something you have a very interesting it was one of the first things i saw in your milestones when i fired up your page and it made me chuckle so you will run a 5k at $500, but you have a twist on it. Uh, so tell me about that, how you came up with that little incentive and, uh, you know, some other incentives that you found have been successful for you. Of course. Yeah. So, um, as an extra lifer and as program director, I will say incentives and milestones are like, they are the key. Like if you are looking to fundraise for extra life, you're looking to make it engaging and exciting and fun add those incentives and milestones because they go such a long way. And if you make them community focused, if you make them like literally like take the inside jokes that are, you know, safe for work and put them onto your extra life page, chances are your community will rally to that and be like, Oh, I need to see this. And um, what's being referenced here is one of those inside jokes that have become one of my favorite fundraising routes. So in 2021, I started offering, um, at a certain donation fundraising level, I would have a milestone where I would have to run a 5K, but dressed as a certain blue hedgehog. So <laughs> it started because... Uh, the, so I, growing up, I played a lot of Sonic as a kid. It was my first ever video game, and it just became a 
like joke where whenever I would play Smash Bros with my friends, I would always pick Sonic, even though it was just I was not good at him. It was just like what I would do. And he just be kind of became a mascot of our friend group as we did Extra Life, just Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, and I think that, you know, he's kind of entered into a uh, realm of memes that are beyond any individual human being. Like Sonic is a constant cultural touch point for people. Um, and I just thought it would be. In 2020, I did like a running based uh, incentive and I thought it'd be really funny to put that blue hedgehog spin on it. So I posted that Sonic the Hedgehog 5K and immediately hit it <laughs> like <laughs> one game day. And I was like, oh gosh, I'm going to do this. And I have some really, ama- really amazing videos and photos of that experience. And I've actually since uh, in 2022 uh, made an incentive milestone that was uh, running a 10K dressed as Sonic. Um, and that's going to be coming up. Uh, I'm going to do it the day before our game day this year. So uh, July July 28th, uh, you can catch me running a Sonic the Hedgehog. And the most amazing piece about it is I somehow managed to convince a few of my friends to join me and dress as other Sonic characters. So, oh, that is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so Tails and Knuckles are joining. Um, hoping to have a few more by the time we get there. Um but it's just one of those, I think, like to, to peel it back for a second, I think what's amazing about doing something as fun and silly as Extra Life is these kinds of things happen kind of, they happen spontaneously. You add something to your event just because it sounds funny or sounds fun or you think your community will get engaged in it. And suddenly it's a tradition. It's a legacy. And suddenly it's like an added aspect that people expect from your fundraising that you can constantly look back to. So, you know, I wrote that as a joke basically in 2021 and now i have a high confidence that like every year for better and for worse i'm gonna run as a hedgehog <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah i i know how that goes because uh <laughs> one of the things i'm now known for is you know taking part in adult beverages that are just abominations just absolutely <laughs> terrible and it it started with um being really close to a two thousand dollar goal i think my second year and and you know my friends are like dude we'll put you over if you he he sent me just a regular drink uh because i was going to be in his wedding i'm like dude i'm sick as a dog i'm not doing it it's like ah, you take those two shots back to back we'll get you to two thousand so i'm like okay so i got my phone out i taped it he donated a couple of my other friends donated i was like wait a second I got something here. And unfortunately I did have something. So it's, it's that fine line of trying to do that kind of stuff and not escalate it to the point of getting dangerous. But uh, yeah, you'll, you'll be surprised uh, what kind of funny thing. So I always say people like to torture me, um, but uh, it, it ends up being a fun community based thing. And it brings in, at least in my experience, non gamers into the fold because it gives them something a little bit tangible. It's like, well, I'm not going to sit and watch a video game stream, but I will donate money to get pictures of seeing you in July, no less running a race in a Sonic costume. Like uh, I know Pennsylvania summers are not as, as rough as it is here in Texas, but that I know, Ooh, not in the summer. I'd want a winter month. So that's, that's a happy <laughs> on that one. Yeah. It's going to be, uh, it's not necessarily going to be a green Hill zone. Uh, it's not going to be walking <laughs> the park like that. Um, <laughs> I, I really like what you said about how it can naturally happen like that, like so organically, like someone's just mm-hmm. like, if you do this, I'll get you there. And then suddenly it's a tradition. Um, and also going back to what you mentioned about bringing in non-gamers too, your incentives and milestones do not have to be 
gaming based. And I think that's amazing. I think it's so it's such a great opportunity to bring in other aspects of yourself into your extra life event, into your stream. I had a friend, his first year doing extra life was last year with the Golden Gamers and he's a graphic designer and artist. And so his rule was like, oh, if you donate like 25 or $50, uh, depending on the breadth that he would do, he would stop playing what game he was playing and do a live drawing of Kermit the Frog um, as a character of your choice. And so, oh, that is so cool. And it was amazing. And like, it just added such a flavor to, I mean, our experience at game day to watch our friend just drawing Kermit's left and right. But then at the same time, it incentivized a lot of folks who maybe don't uh, immediately like feel connected to the gaming aspect of it. They were like, oh, wait, like I can still support this cause, support my friends and get a Kermit drawing. <laughs> like, And I, I really, I really like to focus on bringing other aspects of yourself into the game day. Um, I have one that didn't see as much success as Kermit because how can you beat Kermit? Um, but I would do like live limericks. So if someone donated like 15 bucks, I would pause the game, write a limerick on the topic of your choice and keep going. Um, and I offered a few sonnets as well. Um, and so that was at like 2 a.m. Someone donated and was like, write a sonnet about beans or something. And it's like, oh, gosh. <laughs> like, yeah, um, right, right in the witching hours where you're like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, really just bringing any aspect of yourself into extra life that, um, again, as you mentioned, isn't doesn't bring you into dangerous territory. I know sometimes that's, that's always a thing. Extra lifers go so hard and they're so enthusiastic that it's like, okay, wait, you don't need to, you don't need to take eight shots right now for charity. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I may have learned one of those the hard way in a, in a, I'm going to lay down for a second. And then uh, my stream was still running for just a few hours during the marathon until I woke up. But yeah, that, that, that became another uh, famous failure on my part. But, uh, yeah, obviously we want you all to stay safe. And, and I think the, the cool part is, is, uh, you know, like you said, sometimes you have good ideas. They don't work as well. Um, which is, you know, I, ideas themselves, it's, it's always, you got to find the thing that resonates with the community, right? And it's going to be different for everybody. And that's what I've noticed with talking with people is, uh, no, I, I have yet to find like, yeah, this strategy works the exact same for this person and for this person. Uh, so there's so many cool things to see and, you know, get other ideas. Like, for instance, I haven't done much in public and now talking to you, I'm like, oh, I bet if I like show up because I don't cosplay, but I bet if I say, look, if you donate X amount, I'll try to show up in a really crappy cosplay. I <laughs> might get some donations for that because I've never thought about trying to do a a race and a, I could get a Sonic costume or something similar to that. So, um, you know, it always gets the wheel spinning there. So that's really cool, uh, to be able to do that and to get your friends involved, I think is a huge bonus because people do, uh, you know, heck, my sister-in-law just had her 40th in Vegas and her and her friends, uh, ran out in a, in a purple tutus, you know, kind of as a team thing. So you're just taking that one step further and for a great cause. Um, uh, so before we get to uh, D20 questions, uh, you know, kind of one thing I wanted to close it out with is obviously you've been doing this for a long time. You know, you've had a lot of successes and some of that. Have there ever been any times you felt like, you know, that you're struggling or you're not resonating as much uh, as you'd want to? Uh, or as I like to call it, like imposter syndrome, especially when you find success, I worry like, oh, God, am I going to even get close to that number? 
how do you deal with stuff like that? And how would you suggest other extra lifers uh, deal with those kind of struggles and feelings? Yeah, that's an amazing question. And I, I see it, I've seen it in myself and I see it in other fundraisers where sometimes they really attach and I do the same thing to the number, right? Where it's like, say you like try your darndest, you like really jumped out there and made an extra life event and you hit a fundraising goal that was not your ideal. Like you are like, I'm disappointed in that number. Um, What's so important about not getting discouraged by like what your fundraising goal ends up being if it's not the expectation that you wanted is that that money it's not like just because you didn't hit your goal it doesn't go to the hospital in question um to bounce it back to my experience you know sometimes the gas voucher that would get my mom over to visit me literally 20 bucks right that's all she needed like all she needed was 20 bucks to drive from Reading, Pennsylvania to Hershey, Pennsylvania and see me. Um, and if you can raise that $20 and that's what you raised, that is amazing. And that's going to help someone like my mom do that. Um, I talk to a lot of fundraisers in the job that sometimes it feels like they quit before they start because they didn't reach like $1,000 their first year or like 5000 And it takes genuinely more than work or energy, it takes time to get up there as a community fundraiser. You know, a lot of times uh, you don't just jump right into an ultra successful community fundraiser because, as you mentioned, experimentation is necessary. You need to experiment. You need to play with that. Um, my first year, I didn't raise a hundred dollars, and I thought that because of like my story and the mission that I had and everything like that, I would do that. But it's literally just because I didn't have the audience of people that had the resources to give and knew my story. And it was just a matter of building that, of finding that, um, and just growing that year after year. And so to be able to go from raising less than a hundred to raising over 2000 took eight years (laughs) like that's just the natural aspect of it and sometimes people get there quicker sometimes people get there take some more time but what matters is that you keep going and never for a second doubt that the amount that you're raising isn't enough because again it every single dollar counts so much and so specifically to your local community yeah and you hit on a huge thing and i actually did this i did like a uh, kind of like an extra life one-on-one at uh, a, 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 what we call miracle con. And we, we focused on extra life in one panel. And I said, look, I've had a lot of success and it's not because I'm a great streamer. It's because I happen to have a story that resonated with the community that had the income to donate. I was like, that is like the number one thing right there. So, uh, you know, remember that spread the word, you never know how it's going to grow. And not every year will you grow. Last year was my first year. I, I took a step back. There was only a few things that have been going on in the world recently. Don't know if y'all have like seen the news. Like th- there may be reasons why, you know, you don't hit things. And of course, you know, it takes a considerable amount of time, but never, never get discouraged. Uh, I know I have those feelings and I always do try to remember. It's like, I am making such a difference because even if it's just a few bucks, that is a few bucks the hospital did not have before. I, that is a big thing. And also, you know, I, I hope you can hear how Max is like how happy and joyous he is. Cause I've been, I, I'm lucky to see him on video. He's smiling about all this. You can tell he enjoys it. And that's, you know, the other thing I hope everybody remembers is to enjoy it and have fun because that is really the heart of extra life right there. And speaking of having fun, 
It is time to play D20 questions. It's been a long yeah. time since I've gotten to do this. So I have, uh, it's actually an extra life. Uh, I got a couple of extra life incentives in front of me. I got a, a D20 from extra life and a dice tray. Uh, and I am going to roll a D20. We'll roll it three times. I got a list of 20 questions in front of me. Hopefully we get some new ones. Cause I know the, the last few times we've done this, we somehow have been within the same values. Number 15 has happened a lot. So hopefully we at least avoid that. So let's see. Oh, we finally got the first 20 oh. ever. Oh my gosh. The first time I have, I have rolled a 20. All right. All right. So here's the question. The purpose of extra life is to change kids health. You are now given the power to do the other half of that tagline, change the future. You can eradicate one disease from the face of the earth forever. What do you pick? It's a hard one. It's a really oh deep my. one. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Gave you a lot of power on this one. That's why it was that's why it was on 20. Nat 20s are huge. It's a crit hit. What are you yeah. wiping off the face of the planet? It's one of those things that like I am always caught between like personal experience and like the utilitarianism of like, well, what if <laughs> what affects people the most? You know? Um I mean my first immediate answer, of course, would be pediatric cancer in all of its forms. It's kind of an unfair one because it's so many, mm-hmm. <laughs> so many things uh, enter into that. But um, that would be answer one if I can only give one. But of course, I think about um, heart disease. I think about diabetes. I think about all of these. I think about mental health. I think about like how, especially in the past two years, um, something that's really affected pediatric care has been. Uh, depression and anxiety and how if we could remove those um, or at least, you know, find better care for them, that would help in so many other aspects of our lives journeys. So technically one answer, but I did also cheat and give you like five. So I don't think it's cheating. I think you got to the heart of the question to where, yeah, you can, it, it, it only sucks that I can only pick one because even if one was gone, there's still a lot of work to do. Uh, and you know, I've said that before on my streams, even if somehow pediatric cancer is eradicated and I'm still doing extra life, that doesn't mean I'm going to stop. It just means that the money's going to go to something else that's in need because there's always, always a need. So that was a fantastic answer. You made great use of that 20. All right, let's see what we got next. All right, we got a seven. Let's scroll up here. All right, so we got another new one. Awesome. Yes, I love this streak. You are offered a million-dollar donation to your Extra Life campaign, but the catch is that you can only play a single board game or a single video game for an entire year. Do you take the deal? And if so, what are you going to play? So no question. Take the deal. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'll I'll manage. I'll do this. Um, My first thought is a multiplayer game just because you can have constant new experiences and I would go in between Destiny 2 just because that's basically what I play anyway or something like Minecraft um, just because I mean I could just make a new world and force all my friends to play it <laughs> every day too. Um, that's multiplayer. Single player though, if I had to just play one game by myself, I would definitely do Zelda Breath of the Wild. Nice. I, just, I think there's constant stuff to find in that game. And I, you know, it's been six years since it came out. And I still feel like every time I play, I'm like, that's new. I've never seen that before. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's really smart because each of those games that you picked, you got two that, you, I mean, you got one that is constantly updating in Destiny. So there's always, there's always some new content. And you can keep things fresh. 
Minecraft is procedurally generated. Everything is new. And since it is a sandbox, you can set whatever goal you want to. Uh, and then also with single player, you know, even though Breath of the Wild is static, that map is gigantic. Absolutely gigantic. There's very few people that have done full playthroughs, and it'll it'll take a, a couple hundred hours at least to try to grab everything through there. So that's I love that answer. That's really good. I think you you'll be you'll be fine for a year. Okay, <laughs> last roll is a four. Oh, congratulations! We we were able to get all new questions here. Okay, so Dungeons and Dragons and uh, their current five E guidelines suggest a party size of three to five. So you could pick anyone that is dead or alive to form the ultimate party at your table. Who do you choose to join you on this adventure? I choose my current team because I love them now. <laughs> That's me thinking like, oh, God, I have to think about three historical figures. Just friends. No, <laughs> I, I think that's um, a fantastic answer. If you've got good friends, you're like, I already got a good party, man. I don't need to think very hard about this. <laughs> so I'll say living like first, just my friends, my girlfriend, lovely people would love them to be my D and D party. If I had, if I went historical, um, my default answer for this is always Jesus, mainly because I just want to like figure out what was up with that guy historically, <laughs> like whether you're religious <laughs> or not. I feel like he's got some amazing perspectives. Um, and it's just one of those, like, I'll be like, so what about this? Did that, that happen? Like how it says, um, but <laughs> let's see. There's one. Um, oh my gosh so hard uh living or i feel like just from a perspective of i feel like i'd have to choose an author just because i feel like if i could make them my gm it'd be a lot of fun there's an author named brandon Anderson who writes some amazing fantasy books and i would just be like be our game master be in charge of everything (laughs) like write the worlds for us that's Um, really taking outside the box there yeah i like that (laughs) also like I, okay. I like the idea of Jesus being in there only because in my mind, I was like, you know, part of what you do and able to do is to kind of step outside of yourself in Dungeons and Dragons and kind of, you know, experiment with these characters that are unlike you. And I'm just imagining like Jesus playing this chaotic character right now, just in my mind, yet like kind of being like a, a chaotic good. Like I can't ever see him like uh role-playing evil but just kind of being a little bit more wild than you think it might be i I think that would be a funny funny experience uh but yes go ahead you had another answer yeah my last one would probably just be obama just because i think he would be the same reason you just said i would love to see what kind of character he would make and (laughs) like having you know his charisma and voice play a DD character would probably be just like a really funny experience I'm sitting here thinking of the voice, and I can't do an impression of him sitting here, like with his cadence and everything else. But I walk into the inn. But why, why am I here? What What are we looking at? What do all these people need? And all that kind of stuff. Like I, that would I don't know if I'd keep a straight face the entire time. <laughs> uh, so those are absolutely fantastic answers. I'm glad we got three fresh new questions. I love that. That's how we're going to start this sucker. Uh, so with all that said, Max. Uh, before we leave, uh, obviously, I will have your fundraising URL in the show notes. So everybody go check out Max's page. Click on the links in the show description uh, to make sure you can head there. But where else can people find you on social media, streaming and whatnot? Please let everybody know where we can find you at. 
Yeah, you can you can follow my Instagram, of course, Happy Maxidents. It's the same handle as the Discord, or you can literally just add me on Discord. I'm on the National Discord, um, and both for personal reasons and for work, I'm pretty active on Discord. So <laughs> um, feel free to follow me on Instagram or uh, add me on Discord. All right, fantastic. Well, Max, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to come chat. It was happy to get to talk to you, learn more about your story and what you do for Extra Life. And uh, hope not only are you going to have another Sonic incentive in the near future, uh, but you reach all of your goals this year and keep crushing it. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you so much for having me. And wait, one quick, are you going to ELU this year? I am, yes. I will be there. I'll see you in a month. (laughs) All right, fantastic. Well, I'll see you in a month as well, Max. With that said, y'all, that's going to do it for this episode of Extra Voices. We will see you again soon. Have a good one.